Welcome to Wannabe Clutter Free, formerly Wannabe Minimalist, the podcast for busy families who are tired of the chaos, fed up with being overwhelmed, and ready to enjoy life again. Each week, we talk about how to let go of the clutter so that you can focus on the things that actually matter. And it's not just physical clutter. We talk about the mental and emotional stuff too, because if it's holding you back, it's time to ditch it. I share what I've done in my own life to declutter, organize, and calm the chaos, but you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's practical, doable, and simple for those of us that want to be clutter-free. You know how life doesn't stick to a schedule? Well, why should your paycheck? That's where Earn In comes in. It's an app that lets you access the money you've earned right when you need it, not just on payday. Imagine this, your dog suddenly needs a vet or your kid has a little accident and needs a dentist, ASAP. We've been there and waiting for your payday in those situations just doesn't make sense and it adds unnecessary stress. With Earn In, you can pull up to $100 per day or up to $750 each pay period directly from your earnings without the crazy fees or interest rates. It's super simple. Download the Earn In app, verify your paycheck, and get access to your earnings as you earn them. You decide what to tip, and whatever you use gets settled on your next payday. More than 3.5 million users are finding relief and a sense of security with Earn In, calling it a lifeline for financial stability. That peace of mind, it's priceless, and it could be yours. Ready to give it a try? Download Earn In today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earn In app, type in Clutter under Podcast when you sign up. It'll really help out the show. That's Clutter under Podcast. Earn In is a financial technology company, not a bank. Subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank & Trust, member FDIC. You're listening to The Wannabe Minimalist Show with Deanna Yates, episode number 76. On today's episode, we're looking at one question that comes up a lot at gift-giving holidays, and that's, how do I get my family to understand that we want less presents this year? If you've recently done a big declutter or you are on a journey to enjoying a fuller life with less stuff in your home, then it can be really frustrating when family members, even well-intentioned ones, don't understand that a whole bunch of presents is not what you want this year. Well, stay tuned because that's exactly what we're tackling today, how to gently let your family know that you'd like less physical stuff for Christmas. Hey there, my wannabe minimalist friend. Welcome back to the show. My name is Deanna Yates, and I am excited you are joining me again today. Well, hopefully again. If you're new here, welcome. And if you're coming back, well, welcome back. I'm continuing with our holiday theme on these solo shows because this is one of the topics that I get asked about all of the time, and I want you to be prepared ahead of time. To be honest, I generally do not like thinking about Christmas until after the Thanksgiving leftovers are gobbled up. But if I started recording episodes then, it would be way too late for you. So here we are. I promise I am not trying to extend the holiday season, like all of those marketers who started pitching Black Friday sales earlier this week. Ugh, it keeps getting earlier and earlier every year. I'm not the only one that's noticed that, right? Well, on episode 74 a couple weeks ago, I answered some of your toughest holiday questions. If you haven't listened to that show yet because, well, it was still October and you weren't ready for Christmas yet, I get it. I'll link it in the show notes so that you can listen to it when you're ready. 
Now that episode covered things like decluttering before the holiday onslaught, how to keep the holidays simple and special even if you do not have kids, tips for keeping physical gifts to a reasonable amount even if you do have kids, and how to say no without the guilt to the myriad of events that come up throughout the season. But one thing I did not touch on is how to let your well-intentioned family know that you want fewer physical gifts this year. Now, this is a very touchy topic, and it can be a big point of frustration for anyone trying to live a more minimalist life and be mindful of the items that they bring into their home. Now, and quickly, before we jump into this loaded topic, I do want to remind you that you can pick up the show notes for today's episode at littlegreenbow.com slash 76. Again, that's littlegreenbow.com forward slash the number 76. There you will find a link to any resources that I discussed today, like that episode from two weeks ago, as well as access to my simple holiday planner and workbook, which is part of my home systems power pack. So if you need help with simplifying your holidays and keeping your plans in order, go ahead and check it out. I think you'll really like it and it will help keep you organized throughout the end of the year. Okay, with that out of the way, let's dive in and talk about our well-intentioned and perhaps overly generous family members and friends. So have you heard of the five love languages? Now, these were coined by Gary Chapman in his book of the same title. He claims there are five ways people express and feel love the most. Now, the five ways are words, acts of service, quality time, touch, and gifts. Now, that last one, gifts, is talked about with some controversy in the minimalist community. In fact, Joshua and Ryan from The Minimalists have some harsh words when it comes to gifts being a love language. They said, and I quote, Gift giving is not a love language any more than Pig Latin is a romance language. Rather, gift giving is a destructive cultural imperative in our society, and we've bought it literally hook, line, and sinker. We've become consumers of love. End quote. Now, That's pretty harsh. I did say they were harsh words. Um, Gift giving is not my love language, but I don't completely agree with the minimalists here. I think giving and receiving of gifts can be the way that people feel and demonstrate love. But that doesn't mean that gifts have to be physical goods or random stuff, nor does it have to be a lot of stuff in order for it to be a meaningful gift. Giving consumable things can be a wonderful compromise. Now, these types of gifts satisfy the gift giver and it keeps clutter to a minimum, but we'll talk more about this in just a minute. I want you to take a moment to think of the person in your life who you feel is the biggest culprit of adding unwanted clutter in your home. Now, this episode is going to be more helpful if you can focus your thoughts on the one or two people in your life that you struggle with communicating the message of, please help us keep our clutter to a minimum and do not buy us a bunch of stuff to replace the clutter we just cleared out, okay? I know there's probably someone in your life that fits this because if you're listening to this episode, there's a reason. Now, I've found that this person is generally a grandparent or an aunt and uncle to your kids. So that would be you you or your partner's sibling or maybe a close friend. You know, of course, there are many other people in our lives who could fill this role, but these are the most common. And as you are thinking about this person, I want you to ask yourself, If you think gifts are their love language, or if you think it might be one of the other four. Now remember, those other four are words, acts of service, quality time, and touch. 
Now, if you discover that their love language is actually one of those other four, well, this is probably going to be a little bit easier for you because you're not going to be touching on that one thing that they feel most connected to love. So you can hone in on what their love language actually is, and you can suggest gift ideas that correspond. So if their love language is quality time, you can suggest an outing as a gift option. Words can be a nice letter, and I'll admit that this one is harder if the gift is for a child. But if it's for an adult, honestly, a nice letter, nice word, something heartfelt really is a wonderful gift. Acts of service can be helped, um, you know, can be something that they help you with, like helping you declutter your closet, helping you make something, put something together. Um, That's just really having somebody be there for you. And then touch could be a gift like a massage, although preferably from a professional, unless that is what the gift giver does for a living. Again, that one's going to be a little bit challenging with a kiddo, but I mean, I think my kid would probably love a tickle fight contest to see who would win. So there's really ways to get creative there. If, however, their love language is gifts, well, you might have a hard time getting them to stop giving things. Your best course of action is going to be direct to direct them in a way that works for both of you. So here are three things that you can do to help with those gift givers in your life this holiday season, okay? The first is to have an open conversation. When I was first getting into minimalism and doing research on this topic, one of the suggestions I heard about was to have a conversation with your loved one, but don't not but to not be direct about it and instead just to drop hints about your new decluttered lifestyle. Now, this could work. I don't know. I've never tried it, but honestly, it feels really passive aggressive to me. It doesn't feel like a tactic that I really would want to go forward with because I don't know. It just feels like you're beating around the bush and you're not being honest. And it just, I don't know. It didn't feel really great to me. So I actually feel like the better approach is to be open, honest, and of course, lead with kindness. Now, don't jump in and say, we don't want gifts because we're minimalist now and I'm just going to declutter it anyway. Okay, right? I mean, does people do people really talk like that? I hope not, because if they do, they're giving minimalism a bad rap. It's not about that kind of stuff, you guys. Yes, minimalism is about having less stuff, but it's more about being mindful and intentional and having the things that you really want. Because I got to tell you guys, we all have things in our life. We all have stuff. We all have stuff we want. We all have stuff we need. And if you're listening to this, you are privileged enough to have a device to listen to me speak to you from Southern California. And, you know, so again, we're not living super stark lives here. And so I don't want us to be so harsh, right? That's that's never my my intention. My intention is that we come at this from a place of living our best and fullest life. And that does not mean having a bunch of stuff. So instead, I want us to take a moment and I want us to realize that your journey of creating a calm, peaceful, tidy home by having less stuff, well, that is generally against the norm, right? I mean, we are bombarded all the time, especially during the holidays. We are seeing ads and messages of more and more and giving and getting. And that's why it's best to approach the conversation with somebody that likes to give gifts as one of education, right? We're not judging. We're not, um, 
you know, trying to shove our way down someone's throat. We're trying to educate them as to what we are doing so that they can see why this is so important to us. So you need to bring your gift-giving loved one on this journey with you. Now, they do not need to adopt this for themselves, but you need to help them see why you're doing it. So you need to explain what you are trying to accomplish in your home and then why. Now, I've said why several times here because the why is really the important part. Without that, do you wish you could find an educational podcast that your kids actually want to listen to and you enjoy too? Well, you're in luck. Mysteries About True Histories, affectionately known as math, is a weekly show full of time travel, puzzles, hidden equations, history, and lots of laughs. We listened to a few episodes, and not only did our daughter want to listen to more next time we're in the car, I found myself chuckling too. Every episode follows two best friends, Max and Molly, who work together to solve riddles and math equations during their time-traveling adventures. You're transported to moments in ancient history like Pythagoras' ancient Greece, the era of the Aztecs, Sir Isaac Newton's England, and more. Plus, they do a great job of teaching math theory without it being boring, complicated, or overly childish. And that can't be easy, but it's not really a surprise considering Mysteries About True Histories is from the creators of the hit podcast Who Smarted, Brain Games on Nat Geo and Disney+, and Brainchild on Netflix. Episodes drop every Thursday, and since they are about 15 minutes, they are the perfect length for kids ages 6 and up. Turn your next car ride, break time, or bedtime into math time with so much laughter that your kiddos won't even realize how much they're learning. So tune in to Mysteries About True Histories with your kids on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. This podcast is supported by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. We've been using Active Skin Repair for a few months now, and I am seriously impressed. They use a molecule called hypochlorous acid, which is pretty much a superhero in skincare. It mimics your body's own immune response, helping to cleanse, soothe, and reduce inflammation to support the natural healing process. And let me tell you, it works for more than just scraped knees. Whether it's sunburns, rashes, or even more persistent issues like eczema or acne, Active Skin Repair has got you covered. The best part? It's totally safe and non-toxic. That means it's gentle enough for every skin type, from the little ones to grandma and everyone in between, making it the go-to for everyone in the family. I scraped my knuckle the other day while doing laundry, and my first thought was to grab the Active Skin Repair because one, it doesn't sting like other products, and two, I knew it would help me heal faster. So if you're looking for a natural, effective way to handle boo-boos, check out Active Skin Repair. And because you're a listener, you can get 20% off your order. Visit ActiveSkinRepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and to get 20% off your order, use code CLUTTERFREE. Again, that's ActiveSkinRepair.com and use code CLUTTERFREE to get 20% off your order. That gift giver might think that you're cutting back because money's tight or some other reason that they will make up. Humans are just like that. We want there to be a reason, and if one is not presented, we will make it up. It's just how our brains work. So they need, they won't understand, you know, so if they don't understand why you want less stuff, then they may misinterpret it and they might, might in fact buy you more stuff because they might think it's coming from a place of lacking um, instead of a place from abundance. Okay. So you can start this conversation by talking about decluttering. I do think that is a good step because 
that's generally how people come about minimalism in the first place is they realize they have an overabundance of stuff. They have a lot of things in their home. They're feeling um, stressed out and weighed down by all of this stuff. And so they start to declutter. You can blame me. You can blame this podcast if you need someone in your corner with you as you talk about what you are working on and what you're trying to accomplish in your home. Feel free. That's what I'm here for. If you need me, go for it. And then I want you to move into this idea that you'd like fewer physical gifts this year because you're really enjoying your newfound freedom in your home. Again, we're not dropping hints about this. We're actually telling people, hey, this Christmas, you know, I was thinking about all of the gifts that we've given in the past and it's so nice and it's so generous, but I've actually just done a bunch of decluttering in our home and I love how open it feels. So this year, instead of getting physical gifts, I was thinking maybe we could exchange some, you know, experiences or, you know, outings together. Again, this is going to be much easier if your person is not a gift giver or if they are, I have a tip in number two, but we're just going to be bringing up this conversation because they might breathe a sigh of relief. They might be delighted that, and they might not be, they might be excited that they don't have to buy as much this year. You have no idea. So we got to just have these conversations and see what happens. You might be the spark to help them on their journey to decluttering and to living a more minimalist lifestyle, but you'll never know if you don't at least try to have this conversation with your friends and family and loved ones. Now, just remember, I want you to lead with love and I want you to share why this is important to you because those things connecting to that inner meaning for you is going to be what makes it important for them. Okay, this isn't about judging them. We're not trying to, um, you know, make them feel bad for past presents they've given or feel guilty for any of that kind of stuff. This is all about us, guys. Okay, so number two, the second thing is to direct the gift giver to things that you and your family will actually enjoy receiving. You know, you can give them a list of accepted um, or desired gifts, right? I don't really like that acceptable because that kind of feels... I don't know, judgy. Like these are the acceptable gifts that I will that I will take. Um, but if you have a list of things that you want throughout the year, absolutely do that. That's what we do. So everyone, like I said again, everyone needs and wants items every now and again, even minimalists. I am not a strict minimalist. That's why I'm the wannabe minimalist. But we have a list too. And having a running list of things that you think you might want, but you never got around to purchasing. I mean, this is an awesome gift option for gift givers at the holidays. In our home, like I said, we have one of these running lists. We have it in our notes app and my husband and I share it because we can um, share it between our phones and so we can update it anytime and the other person will see it too. And it's great because when we think of something that we, you know, need or that we want, eh, maybe we don't need it right now or, you know, it's just something that we want. It's not an actual need. We can put it on this list and it's a lifesaver because at the holiday time, you're generally thinking of other things. You're busy, you're planning events, you're planning things to go, you've got lots of other things on your mind, you're decorating the house, you're cleaning up the house, maybe you're still decluttering um, based on the episode a couple weeks ago. And so think, sitting down and thinking of things you want to put on a gift list really is time consuming and it can be really stressful. And so if you can do this throughout the year or just even starting now, I mean, it's mid-November, right? Early November. And you can 
just go ahead and start putting things on a list. It doesn't have to be like a crazy long list. It doesn't have to be super thought out. Just start brainstorming and you'll start thinking of things. And these are the kinds of gifts that are wonderful for people to get you because they're things you actually want and actually need. Okay, so things in the past that I have on, had on my list, like if you're just curious, right? I've included a Quip toothbrush on my list. I've had a jade facial roller on my list. I've had my AirPods um, or my, um, the earbuds, my, are those earbuds? I don't know. Anyway, an Apple watch. Um, I've had books that I couldn't find at the library. Not all of these are typical things. I mean, with the exception, of course, of electronics, generally people put those on their lists. But I try to put things on the list that are, like I said, those wants and not those needs. Could I get by without a jade roller? Yes. Do I love it? Yes, again, I love it and I'm glad that I had it. And it was that made it a wonderful gift to receive because it's something that I wanted, wasn't something that I need, wasn't something I was going to go out and buy for myself, but I absolutely love having it. Now, another good thing about these lists is that it makes our birthdays easier to celebrate too because I don't have to try to rack my brain for things that my husband wants um, and come up with some meaningful gift. I can just go to the list and see what's on there that I think he would really appreciate and it makes it so much easier and less stressful um, a few times a year. So definitely encourage you to start a list and it doesn't have to be an Amazon list. If you want to get away from Amazon, you can keep it on a notes app. You can keep it in notion. You can keep it. Um, it can be a physical list that you keep somewhere and just jot things down as you decide that you want them. So super easy way to do that. Now this process is modified slightly for our daughter. So here's how we handle it for kids. In addition to a list, we will take pictures of things that she wants. Like say if we're out and about at the store and she sees something that she likes, um, if she doesn't have her own money to purchase it or it's a bigger item, I'll take a picture of it, of her holding it generally. And then I will add that picture to a folder on my phone. And so then around this time of year, we can go back through those photos to see if she still wants any of the items that she saw over the past few months. And if so, they will go on the wish list, which is then sent out to the gift givers in our family. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. <laughs> well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts. Lynn, this time of year, parenting can be such a fluster clucks. You've come to the right place. I'm Lynn Lyons, and I've been treating anxious families for over 30 years. I'm Lynn's sister-in-law and co-host Robin Hudson. Join us for Fluster Clucks, a podcast for parents who worry. Wait, that's everybody. Yeah, these last few years have felt like one long anxiety attack for so many. Why do you think parents are always surprised that a podcast about anxiety relates to them, even if no one in their house has an anxiety disorder? Well, worry is human. Everyone does it. And anxiety shows up when we face uncertainty. 
All the parenting tips you've taught me have been essential. I love to break it down into skills we need to manage worry in our families. We've covered so many topics, depression, burnout, meltdowns, perfectionism. Don't forget scary mothers-in-law. Right, but of course that's not my mother-in-law. Because that's my mother. And a listener. As a psychotherapist, I like to teach parents and kids how to respond to everyday moments in healthy ways. Managing anxiety really can be taught. It really can. And I'll even tell you what to say. We talk about serious stuff, but without being too serious. Anxiety wants everything serious. Anxiety doesn't stand a chance when we're laughing, even about the tough stuff. Now, Other gift ideas are upgrades to things that you already have. So again, my headphones were on that list were a great example of this because I had the old ones that came with my phone and having new Bluetooth ones are amazing and I really enjoy having them. It makes my workouts better. So every time I use them, I can appreciate the person that gave them to me. Or maybe you want something like a new cast iron Dutch oven. Maybe you want new linen sheets. The idea here is to upgrade and replace something that you have in your home, and then you can declutter the old thing. So this is a great use of gift-giving holidays because people generally enjoy giving you things, um, and these kinds of gifts are ones that they know will be used and loved over the years. So these are the kinds of gifts that people really enjoy giving. So think about what upgrades you could have in your life for these gift givers that are super generous that you have. And then of course, I would be remiss if I left this point out um, and I only pointed out physical items because some of our favorite gifts are things that keep on giving like experiences and passes to local attractions. So in the past, we asked for passes to Legoland. Now that one's kind of an expensive one. So you could ask for a contribution um, for the passes and you can ask for all of your family members to contribute or you know anybody that's asking you for a gift wish list. You could say, hey, we really wanna get Legoland passes as a family. So if you could give um, to this fund, we're gonna use the money to buy Legoland passes. And so that would be super great because several people could go in on it. And then every time you go, you get to appreciate all of those people that helped contribute to getting you those passes. And it's wonderful. But if you miss having a physical thing to open, you can always go with a small representative gift, especially for kids. So for Legoland, we gave our daughter Lego minifigs so that she could trade them in the park. Now this year, we are giving ourselves a family vacation to Hawaii over spring break. I am super excited that we are going to be able to travel again. And so I'm planning to give things like snorkel gear as a way to get excited and as something that we'll need for that trip anyway. So it feels like two birds with one stone kind of a thing. I can get us jazzed up and happy and looking forward to the anticipation of the trip, which is one of the keys to happiness. I'm digressing here, but you know, planning something and anticipating something fun is one of the things that will make you happier in life. So if you can do that, anytime you can do that, absolutely try to do that in your life. But that is going to be a podcast for another time. So I just want you to think here and be creative. I want you to think outside the big box store and I want you to brainstorm things that you are going to use that are maybe upgrades in your life, maybe experience gifts that would really set um, the tone for how you want to live in your new vibrant life with less stuff, right? Okay, and my simple holiday planner has a long list of clutter-free gift ideas, so that can really help you out if you need it. So make sure you check that out. Again, I'm linking it all in the show notes. And the third and final thing I want to talk about, about how we deal with 
family members and friends that give a lot is I want you to just accept that person for who they are. I want you to consider yourself lucky that you have that person in your life because gift giving tendencies, you know, and all, we are lucky that these people are in our life. So I want you to accept them for who they are and I want you to graciously receive the gifts that they give you and your children. Now, just because you are being gracious and grateful, that doesn't mean you have to abandon your principles of having less stuff in your home. Now, this this part will sound a little harsh, but your only obligation when someone gives you a gift is to say thank you, and I want you to mean it when you say it, and I want you to accept the item. That is your only obligation. After that, once the gift is yours, you are free to do with it what you wish. Now, I want you to think about this, right? I want you to remember that them giving this gift is their way of expressing their love to you. The item, they took time to shop for that, to wrap it, and to give it to you. Now, that is how they let you know that you are special to them. They feel love internally when purchasing the gift. And who are we to deny somebody else that joy and love? So if gift giving is truly their love language, It would be mean to deprive someone of that love. And I want us to be grateful for that person. I want us to love people for who they are. And so if this is that person, then we just need to accept them and understand that this is what they want to do. So if they don't quite get the message and they don't end up buying you anything off of your list and they found something in the store and they just thought it was 100% you and it just spoke to them and it really is not your jam, well, you just say thank you, you mean it, you accept it, you take it home, you appreciate. The thanks comes from the fact that they thought of you, right? We're lucky enough to have people that love us in our life. That is the mindset shift I want us to make this year. Instead of being frustrated that somebody doesn't understand that we don't want stuff in our house, I want us to think, wow, we're lucky enough to have people in our life like this. So again, the best thing you can do when you receive a gift is to smile and be happy about that person. And then when you get home, if you decide that that item isn't what you want, then you can let it go. You are the gatekeeper of your home. You get to decide what lives in your home. It is your sanctuary. And so you get to decide if that item deserves to live in and take up space in your home. And it is okay if that answer is no. With your children, I want you to use the container method or maybe even the one-in-one-out method. So every new thing that comes in, one old thing has to go. Maybe they will decide the new thing doesn't deserve a space. But that container method, that tells your children that they can keep any items they want as long as they fit within the container that you have defined. Now that container can be a toy bin, a closet, a shelf, a drawer. They might decide that, like I said, that that new item, you know, they don't like it as much as their current belongings. And so they might declutter the new thing or they might replace an old item with that new thing. But the good news is with the container method or the one in one out, there's not more stuff in your home. It's being replaced. So unless the gift giver is very close, let's say your mother or maybe your sister who comes over all the time or your really close friend, the person that gave you the gift may never notice if that gift remained in your home or not, right? They're not going to come asking, oh, hey, where's the scarf I gave you? Or, hey, where's the picture frame I gave you? Like, no one's going to ask that. People don't do that. 
But if there's somebody that notices when things aren't in your home, right? Let's say that they're really close to you and they notice that their gift is not living in your home. Well, then you can have that conversation. You can tell them that you gifted it to a friend in need, or you can let them know that you appreciated it, but it doesn't it didn't fit in your cabinet or in with your capsule wardrobe or with your newly decluttered space. Now that part is harsh, but it is better than the alternative of letting someone else dictate what stays in your home. And perhaps next year, they will understand what you meant by living a fuller life with less stuff. Okay, so those are my three tips. Um, One, I want you to have a conversation and tell people why you are interested in this lifestyle. Number two, you create a specific list of things that your family would enjoy receiving. And then three, you graciously accept the gift giver and you change your mindset and you shift it to feeling lucky and blessed to having that person in your life who loves you enough to buy you a gift. And now it is your turn. I want to know, how have you dealt with overly generous family members in the past? Did you find these tips helpful? Come on over to the Wannabe Minimalist Family Group on Facebook or tag me on Instagram and let me know. I'm little.green.bo on Instagram or you can use the hashtag wannabeminimalistfamily. Tell me if this episode was helpful and what your plan is for this holiday season. I'm excited to hear from you and offer encouragement on your journey toward less stuff and the happy, vibrant life that you and your family deserve. And don't forget to pick up all the show notes for today at littlegreenbow.com 76. There you can find links to all of the resources I mentioned on the episode today. I didn't mention too many, but you can find that simple, simply holiday sorry, simple holiday planner and workbook. Um, It is on my website at littlegreenbow.com forward slash the number 76. And that just about wraps it up for today's episode. But before I go, I do want to say that I feel lucky that you are here listening to this podcast. I appreciate you more than you know, and I love that I am able to um, be here with you and hopefully help you on your journey. And I do hope that the information I provide is inspiring and encourages you on your path. So if you enjoyed today's episode and haven't done so already, please take a moment to leave a review. Not only is it nice to hear how the show is helping others, but it's one of the best ways to help get this message out into the world and help other families. And while you're there, go ahead and subscribe to be notified of new episodes wherever you prefer to listen to podcasts. That's it. I'll catch you here next week when we'll have another guest on our show. We will be talking to Marion Parsons, also known as Miss Mustard Seed, about creating a home that feels comfortable and personalized to your family. It is such a good episode, you guys. I just recorded it recently with her, and you do not want to miss it. Trust me. All right, cheers. I'll see you next week. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, whew, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and 
I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us 